My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask you for pardon of my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. In this month of November, the whole church focuses on the last things. We're all on a journey through time and to eternity. Now we realize this all the time. Time keeps going. We keep moving on. It's obvious. None of us is getting any younger, as the phrase goes. And that's no bad thing. It's natural. If we were to be frozen in time, we wouldn't be happy. We wouldn't achieve our end. It might seem attractive sometimes just to halt the passing of time, to press pause on chronology. But after a while, we'd find it intolerable. No, indeed, here we have no lasting city. We're always straining towards the fullness of happiness, the fullness of joy. And we can be grateful to our mother, the church, for the opportunity to focus on our last end. It's not something negative or sad. On the contrary, it, it gives meaning and purpose to life. Otherwise, our earthly existence, our daily reality, the ups and downs, all these things ultimately would have no meaning if we didn't see them within the horizon of eternity. And that would be intolerable for human beings. We need eternity. We need the fullness of love. We need the fullness of truth. And you, Lord, you tell us in the gospel, the truth will set you free. I know, Lord Jesus, that you yourself, you are that truth in person. And you're the truth for which I so greatly long, for which all of us longs. And it may be good for us in our prayer to say to our Lord, each in our own way, those words of St. Augustine. You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it rests in you. It is you, O Lord, I seek. Hide not your face from me. When can I enter and see the face of God? All this longing expressed in scripture, in the Psalms, for example, and in the saints, is just an echo of the reality of every human heart, of every human being. You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts, my heart, is restless until it rests in you. That's why the month of November is a great gift. Because it gives us this opportunity to, to focus on reality. To focus on the love of God which calls us. And which in this life also elevates and perfects all the bits and pieces that make up our day. This is a realistic perspective, and that's healthy. 
it's true that we can tend to get distracted and not look beyond the here and now. Maybe that's particularly a danger in a secularist environment where the tendency is for people to go from one experience to another without thinking of uh, of anything beyond it. There's nothing new in that in a sense because it's always been a human temptation to avoid reality, to avoid the gaping abyss of reality, which is not a dark abyss. It's an abyss that leads into the heart of God. Recently, the Holy Father issued a, an apostolic letter on Blaise Pascal, the great 17th century uh, writer, thinker, theologian, inventor, scientist, mathematician. He certainly was a Renaissance man in the sense that he he uh, he was, you know, so well versed and so able in so many disciplines. And in his book, which was, well, it wasn't complete by the time he died, Les Pensées, The Thoughts of Blaise Pascal, it was an effort to provide an apologia, um, I suppose an argument, a reasoned argument for the truth of the Christian faith. In that book, among many other things, he talks about the tendency of certain people uh, at his time to distract themselves. Distraction. He saw distraction as, as a problem because these people never faced reality. And in some ways, it's necessary for us humanly to deal with eternity, to deal with death and what comes after it and what it means. Because only in that way do we, do we achieve human maturity. To flit from one experience to another without seeking a coherent sort of reasoning behind it or rationale or ultimate meaning means that a person doesn't mature. Their personality will never be fully integrated because there isn't one universal horizon which integrates all those aspects of his or her being. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the gift of the month of November, which is not a sad month. It's a month which helps us to look to the truth. And given that the truth is you, your very self, I am the way, the truth and the life, to look to the truth is something always liberating, beautiful, a source of serenity and of hope. Lord, help me to look at you with that kind of faith, with that kind of hope, with that kind of love. It could be said, therefore, that the month of November is, well, it's like an immersion into reality. <laughs> it helps us to be realistic. St. Maria writes in The Furrow, Death comes and cannot be avoided. What empty vanity it is, then, to centre our existence on this life. We see how many men and women suffer. Some suffer because life is coming to an end and it pains them to leave it. Others because it is going on and they are sick of it. In neither case is there room for the mistaken view that makes our passage through this world an end in itself. One must leave that way of thinking behind and anchor oneself to another, an eternal one. A total change is required 
to empty oneself of self-centered motives which pass away, and to be renewed in Christ, who is eternal. A total change is needed, says St. Josemaria. A total change of perspective. Ultimately, the Christian perspective, the perspective of a beloved daughter or son of God, called to eternal life, and who sees his or her earthly uh, journey as, as a part of that mystery, as a part of that adventure, as a part of that dialogue with the love of God. A total change is needed. So the month of November can be a time to, as it were, adjust our spectacles, our glasses, and recover that eternal perspective. We know that life on earth can be a struggle at times. Uh, after all, in the book of Job, we hear that, you know, man's life on earth is warfare, is struggle. And we all experience that to a greater or lesser extent. And death, too, is always traumatic. It's not, it's not a beautiful thing in and of itself. Although you, Lord, have made it beautiful insofar as you've redeemed it, you've turned it around, you've taken the sting out of death. But life is a struggle, and death can sometimes be a struggle too. And in all of this, we're not alone. We are not alone. In life and in death, we are never alone. We are always surrounded by the reassuring company, the consoling presence of the saints and the souls in purgatory, by the whole church. In the month of November, and I suppose especially with the feast with which we begin the month, uh, the Feast of All Saints and then the commemoration of All Souls, we're uh, reminded straight off that when we consider the last things, we're not alone before this mystery. We're not alone before this journey. In life or in death, we're always accompanied, loved, uh, supported by our brothers and sisters who have gone before us, who love us and who from and with and in Christ intercede for us. At the end of the letter to the Hebrews, the sacred writer says a number of things to, I suppose, to encourage the people he's writing to. And it's known that the people he's writing to were going through a tough enough time. And therefore, as happens in many of the Pauline letters, at the end of the letter, there, there are words of encouragement to help people see beyond, I suppose, the current difficulties, to have hope, to have joy in the Lord. And at the beginning of the 12th chapter of Hebrews, the sacred writer says the following. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. So here we are, all of us, like those early brothers and sisters of ours, we're running the race of faith. It is a contest, it is an effort. It's a battle sometimes. And we're running towards you, Jesus, you, Lord, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And like in any race, at times we can become discouraged, we can feel weighed down, we can pull a muscle, we can twist an ankle as it were. But we're not to lose courage. 
as um, as we just read, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run the race with perseverance, the race that is set before us. We're not alone. We're not alone. We think of all the saints in heaven. They are the great cloud of witnesses. And they don't just look on at a distance. They help us. They encourage us. They bless us. They support us as beloved brothers and sisters. Somebody said to me recently, well, the saints, they're just my friends. They are my friends. Well, absolutely. They're there to help us. They're like those members of a family who might emigrate from one country to another, as often happens. They go to the new country. They've landed, as it were, in the promised land. And then they help those who are still trying to get there to get over. It's not just that the saints are there looking on. They actually give us strength through their intercession. As the Second Vatican Council says, talking about the saints, through Christ and with him and in him, they do not cease to intercede with the Father for us. How wonderful that is. The saints intercede with the Father for us. Right now, as we pray, we can be sure that the saints are praying for us and loving us and helping us. Thus, says Vatican II, by their brotherly interest, our weakness is greatly strengthened. They have a brotherly and sisterly interest in us. In his uh, encyclical Spes Salvi on Christian hope, Pope Benedict spoke about Christ who is the great light, the big light, the bright light, the light we're all seeking. And he spoke about lesser lights who can lead us to that great light, who point the way. And those lesser lights are the saints. You might say there's one among those lesser lights that particularly beautiful and radiant, and that's Our Lady. But the lesser lights in general are the saints who lead us to the greater light. The saints are our good friends. They're our brothers and sisters. And, you know, it's not just that we think about them or admire them from a distance. That's already a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing. But no, they actually accompany us. They help us. They support us. They hold us up. Just uh, in the beginning, on the 15th of October last, the Holy Father issued his apostolic letter on St. Therese of Lisieux, the little flower, on the 150th anniversary of her birth. In fact, I think it's an apostolic exhortation. A beautiful document and one that we could fruitfully bring to our prayer in our own time. We know that St. Josemaria had a great love for um, Therese, Therese of Lisieux, Therese of Lisieux. And there's a certain affinity between their teaching in the sense that, as we know, she stresses very much confidence in God and childlike trust. And so does he. So does he. Uh, but interestingly, towards the end of the, uh, the apostolic exhortation, uh, Pope Francis says, well, it's the very last point of the exhortation. He says, a century and a half after her birth, Therese is more alive than ever in the pilgrim church, in the heart of God's people. She accompanies us on our pilgrim way, doing good on earth as she had so greatly desired. 
the most lovely signs of her spiritual vitality are the innumerable roses that Therese continues to strew, the graces God grants us through her loving intercession in order to sustain us on our journey through life. It's a very good point the Holy Father is making that we don't just admire Therese of Lisieux and the beauty of her teaching, we don't just reflect on it, but she's with us, she is close to us, she loves us. We can think also of St. Jose Maria, who used to say while he was still on earth, he would say, from heaven I will help you more. Well, dear Father, I ask you to help me more right now, to help all of us more. Because we need you. We know that you are among those in that great cloud of witnesses that not only look at us as we run the race of faith, but you encourage us, you support us, you strengthen us. You cheer us on and more, you intercede for us. I guess we can especially be mindful of the saints at Mass when we say the Holy Holy, when we say the Confiteor, we ask Blessed Mary of a Virgin and all the angels and saints to intercede for us. Last but not least, in our prayer, let's reflect a little on the Holy Souls in Purgatory, those brothers and sisters of ours who are going through what the Catechism calls the final purification of the elect. And again, we can remember what the Second Vatican Council teaches in Lumen Gentium. The union of the wayfarers with the brethren who have gone to sleep in the peace of Christ is not in the least weakened or interrupted, but on the contrary is strengthened by communication of spiritual goods. This is a very bold statement and a very comforting statement that our communion with those who have gone before us, who have died, is in no way interrupted, but rather strengthened. That goes against our human reaction, our human intuition. We feel we've lost people when they died. They're no longer with us. But our faith and the faith of the church is that all who are in Christ form one church and cleave together in him. Again, that's a quote from Vatican II. Um, Therefore, the union of the wayfarers, that's you and I, that's us on earth, with those who have gone to sleep in the peace of Christ, is not in the least weakened, but on the contrary, is strengthened. How wonderful that is. How good to reflect on the communion of saints, and not just to reflect on it, but to enter into their company, to realize their closeness to us, their love for us. We turn to our Blessed Lady. We could turn also, of course, to the intercession of St. Jose Maria and ask for a deeper awareness of the communion of saints, of this wonderfully consoling reality that in and through Christ, in and through you, Lord, we are intimately united with all those who, who do love you, whoever have loved you or whoever will love you. We are all one in Christ. There are no boundaries of time or of space or of life or in death or of death. In life and in death, we are never alone. Saint Josemaria once said, "We all need a lot of company, company on earth and company in heaven." And indeed, we have that company. We truly do, in the communion of saints. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you have communicated to me in this time of prayer. 
I ask you for help to put them into effect. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.